You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 43, Toxic Mold and Food. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, today we are talking about burgers and toxic mold. Why? (laughs) Well, for those of you that uh, watch TV at all, Burger King came out with a new ad campaign that I actually got. So I sign up and get email alerts on my mold-related things. So I don't see it, obviously, before other people do, but I'm kind of on the front end of that but anyhow I had seen that and it was kind of intriguing to me that they would do a commercial with showing a hamburger with mold that they use preservatives or with mold they didn't use preservatives on and then one without it was just it was just a weird it was odd to me that you would run a commercial like that yeah and the commercial was actually really weird I really couldn't tell at first what was the point until you explained it to me Right, and that and that's that, that's what I think was very odd about it because to me, they didn't really send a very straightforward message, in my opinion. Yeah, it was, and, and, and and it got us talking though, and yeah. it it was interesting because people that don't know anything about mold, they probably were like, "What are they trying to portray here?" And exactly. somebody like me, I even was scratching my head, going, well, "What what were they trying to portray here?" Because it just didn't come off as a very very smart way to, to market things. Because, you know, what was one of the first things I asked you? Like, you know, what were the, te- how, what were, what was the environment that they did this testing under? Exactly. You know, it was just the whole thing. They didn't, they didn't do a very good job portraying, I think, the message they wanted to portray. Well, and what is the, the purpose of that kind of marketing anyway? You know, it's kind of funny how, so one of the things, the reason we do our podcasts and write books and everything is, is, 
we want to make people aware of mold concerns. And so when you say the the four-letter M word, mold, it freaks everybody out. But on the other hand, it's kind of funny because there's no awareness. Like, people aren't educated about it. But I, I don't know if they were trying to, and this is where they were confusing, were they trying to push the, we don't want to use preservatives because they're harmful to your body? Or was it was it more based on a mold concern? Yeah, you see, like he couldn't. It, yeah, it, it just, didn't make any. It didn't make any know, sense. It's like one of the ending of those movies where you just go, "What?" Yeah, yeah, you're, like, yeah you're like, "Huh?" So, so no, it was. But it brought up this whole idea of I don't think that people understand why mold is an epidemic. I think people look at something like that and they never. They never think of their food going in that direction under any circumstances. They don't think of their home going in that direction under any circumstances. So going back to, in, in your first book, The Mold Epidemic, why do people not get that mold is actually a really big, especially now we've got, we're talking about the coronavirus and all of these things. And, you know, people get really panicked about things that hopefully aren't going to turn in a big deal. But mold is a big deal. Why don't people see it that way? Right. And so, so ironically, bringing up the coronavirus, um, we were just talking about this. We actually talk about it quite often because every time we see it on the news, it's, you know, they're, 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 they're making, uh, and I'm not saying they shouldn't, but they are making a really big deal out of this. And interestingly enough, the flu, the common flu is we're right in the middle of flu season, kills I think I read the other day, so far this year, it's killed 18,000 people. Coronavirus, as far as I know, has only killed one person. And ironically, we, we kind of freak out over something like this. You know, you have CDC and, and uh, I think it's NIH involved. And, you know, this is the stuff they're always involved in. But why don't they get involved in stuff like mold? Exactly. And I, and I think the reason why is the fact that in the way you would term it, people poo-poo away the fact that mold is, is harmful to you. They just say, oh, mold's natural. You know, it's naturally in the air. Well, so is radon. So are a lot of other things up to a certain point. And so I think it's become an epidemic, first and foremost. People just want to ignore it. Second of all, going back to that commercial, you don't usually see that. Yeah. You don't see that mold growing on a hamburger. You, most... For the most part, you know, most of our clients, you don't just see this mold infestation behind your desk. Exactly. It's, it's going on behind the walls or up in the attic or down in the crawl space. And so I think it's it's become an epidemic. One of the reasons we could do, and I'm sure we have, we could do a whole episode of why it's an epidemic. But a lot of it is they're just, they're not educated on it. Well, and to go back to the Burger King example, you know, you can't necessarily in your home see how mold changes or morphs or grows over time, but we've got two burgers sitting on our dining room table. So do you want to talk yeah, about so, what we're doing? <laughs> so where we live, we don't have a Burger King. Um, and uh, anyhow, we had this idea last weekend when we was out of town that we were going to, we we're going to do our own little experiment. And the reason we're doing it is because there's, there's Burger King was not very clear on, even the testing conditions. They just said 30 days we left a burger that was had preservatives and one without. And the one without had all this mold on it. Well, I was asking questions like, you know, was it in a sealed container? What You know, I was asking a whole bunch of things. And so when we were talking about it, I said to you, well, we can't do it. We can't just leave the hamburger out. Mm -hmm. uh, so to kind of go back, so we decided to buy a hamburger. Yeah. We, we specifically stopped just to buy a hamburger 
then we made ha- our own hamburgers that night. And as far as controlled testing, you know, I have no idea what, what differences there could be, but it's, I want to see what the difference will be between the hamburger we made and the hamburger, uh, we didn't get it from Burger King and I'm not going to say who it was, but you guys can all guess. But, um, we just wanted to see how differently they would react. And I remember saying to you, well, we can't leave it out, you know, just out on the table. And why, why did I, what was my reasoning behind that? I think it was because it wasn't a uh, protected environment. It would just get hard. Yeah, it, it would just, dry out. It would just dry out. Yep. So that would that would actually not help us see what we want to see. Right. So we decided to put it in Ziploc bags. I don't take pictures every day because right now, I just looked at it this morning. It's not doing anything really. But we're we're week one into this four-week study. So, so we're doing our own little experiment just to kind of, you know, just because I'm a geek that way, I guess. Because I want to see what it actually does. And in the purpose, obviously, like I said, I didn't leave it out because it would just dry out. And for the most part, mold can't grow unless it has high humidity. Exactly. And so I, I guess my question is, isn't it an interesting experiment to do? Because one of the things you always talk about is the fact that mold can affect people differently. It can affect some people faster than others. So... There are so many factors to take into consideration that you have to sort of understand what you're looking for, don't you? Right. And so that's why, like, the the hamburger we bought at the burger joint has lettuce on it and tomato and ketchup. The hamburger that we made is just a hamburger and a bun with cheese and ketchup. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what different mold types we see. Obviously we'll update all our listeners. We'll post it on Facebook. Like we'll be able to tell, you know, by the color of the mold, you know, why it's usually penicillium. Um, the darker molds, uh, white and green could be the penicillium. Clodosporium's usually a lighter mold, whereas taxi or taxi stachybotrys is a darker mold. So we'll be able to tell with those two. And it goes back to what you were saying. Like, when we do mold inspections or mold testing, we don't, it, there's just not a, an XYZ way we do it. We have to do that investigation. We have to figure out who it's affecting, who's, where they're spending most of their time. So it's a, just like this experiment, it's a very complex thing to look into, if that makes sense. And it, every situation is different. And don't you think that factors into how people should be selecting a mold expert, meaning, if somebody's going to apply a cookie cutter approach to your situation, not ask you any questions, not ask you if you're documenting, that should be a red flag because they're not actually treating your specific situation. Right. And, and so when we talk about the difference between our company as a mitigation company versus a restoration company, the restoration companies are the kind of your cookie cutter type. And, and I'm sure they would say, no, we're not. We ask questions, but from my experience and from, you know, obviously my opinion, those types of companies are, they take the cookie cutter approach. They just come in, they run air tests and they go, oh yeah, it's good. Or, oh no, it's bad. Well, who determines whether it's good or bad? That company? Like if you don't ask, if you don't ask these questions, you know, the medical conditions they've been experiencing or how long or what rooms they're in the most or who it is, it's, it is a cookie cutter approach. If you don't get all that information, and that's why we go back to something 
that I've tried to talk about a lot more is document, document, document. Have a mold journal. Make sure you're you're you know doing all this stuff because if you just call us up or the the cookie cutter approach, if you don't have any information to give us, we we're, we're going to be pretty vague in the information we get back to you. If that makes sense. That does make sense. So it's really like on on the homeowner's end or on the person's end who's dealing with the mold issue, be sure that you've got all your ducks in a row. Right. So then when you hire somebody, you can give them the information they need to help you. Right. And see, that that kind of brings up a couple things. Um, Tomorrow, uh, the second book I wrote, um, Toxic Mold in My Old Home, should be on uh, an audible file uh, or format. Hopefully that's going to be out there. But I'm... I've actually worked on, and I'm working on, a uh, just a small course. It's not very expensive. Is do-yourself mold inspection, and the purpose behind that is is this, this isn't having a this is not replacing a professional, but the purpose for that is is so that you can actually gather all this information, determine if you have to bring in a mold specialist before you call one in, if that makes sense. Exactly. And in that we 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 cover at the end. Make sure you're documenting things because. We've talked about this before. Most specialists you can't even just go into. You have to have a referral. Exactly. Right? And exactly. so it's the same way on the medical sites. It's the same concept with us. Like, you don't just come right to us and, and, and want to, nobody really wants to pay us $600 to, to more or less start this whole investigation. Exactly. The homeowners should be doing that on their own. And it'll save them a lot of money. Yeah. And, it's no different than, you know, we, we like to plug our consultations. It's it's worth it to make sure you have all your ducks in a row before you pay your local mold expert to come in. Exactly. And that, that makes the most sense. And that course that's going to be on Udemy is going to come out in the next month or two. So people should be on the lookout Hopefully. on Udemy in the next month or two for that do-it-yourself mold inspection course. Right. Yep. And, so and like I said, the, the purpose behind that is, so when I, I cover this in the book and I've covered it in podcasts, you know, when I was a home inspector, I was what we classify as a generalist. So once again, I like to always compare this to the medical field. That's just like your GP, mm-hmm. your family physician. They're Not that they're not as smart, but their job, they're, they're, they're kind of a, a master of all tra- or a jack of all trades, master of none. And I'm not saying they're not masters, but I'm sure our listeners understand what I'm saying. Okay. You go to them, they then they refer you to someone. And so this course, that's kind of what you know we're trying to do is, is get this taken care of before you get the specialist involved. Exactly. Now, going back to the Burger King commercial, I didn't know whether Burger King was trying to say, buy our burgers because we don't put any preservatives or... What I was taking from it is I want my burger to last a long time, so I want preservatives. What's your take on that? <laughs> so, so going back to the whole preservatives, they're used widely. And I, and I did actually some research. And, um, you know, there's, there's and I'm not even going to try to name them because they're complex, weirdly named uh, chemicals that they use for preservatives. But reading through all that, like I, I, I was reading, like, and the, and the whole purpose behind preservatives is obviously to preserve the food. So they put them in meats, they put them in all sorts of stuff. And the purpose behind that is so that it can sit on your store shelf longer. Exactly. We just had a conversation the other day, and I can't remember what you called it, but it was like farm to sh- what was that? Oh, farm to table. Farm to table, and and the obviously 
the advantages of that is is they're not going to use preservatives. You're getting stuff from a farmer or rancher that you know what they're putting in in their animals because, like we all know, people don't think about it. You're eating whatever that animal's eating. And what that animal ate before. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, anyhow, the purpose of the preservatives is so that that, that hamburger does last longer. You can... You can buy five of them and, and eat a couple of them and put a few in your fridge. Exactly. Um, they want it to last longer on the shelves. So that's the point of putting it in there. Now, when I was researching for this, it, Burger King wasn't quite clear, but I believe what they're trying to say is we are stopped or we have stopped using preservatives because it's so harmful to your body versus our competitors are, competitors are still using them. Okay. And, I, and I think when we were talking about it, we heard it on the news and and someone had said that that they they bought a hamburger and once again I asked the question what were the conditions? Remember they said they bought a hamburger and they put it in there and a year later it didn't look any different. Exactly. And so that's what preservatives will do. But if if they just took that hamburger and put it in their desk drawer or wherever, if it dries out, well yeah, it's not gonna change. Yeah, and that's why we use the Ziploc bags because we have the humidity in there. From the moisture of whatever the meats or lettuce or whatnot, so so, so I guess we're going to see what happens. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, it brings up something too. When I was doing the research, you know, we all have, uh, you know, when you buy beef jerky, you have that little packet in there, mm-hmm. and most people probably they assume it's just there. I don't know it's what a, it's for. It's it's a, it's a silica pack, and it's there. It's supposed to absorb any moisture inside that bag. Oh. Otherwise, that moisture can cause a mold concern, elevated. Uh, humidity would cause a mold concern, and then your beef jerky would start molding. So that's the purpose of that pack. Is that why there are those packs in vitamin bottles? Yes. Yep. Oh, so you're not supposed to take those out? I always take them out. Yeah, no, don't take, yeah, don't take those out. <laughs> you learn something new Don't eat them. Day. It says right on there. It says do not eat. Don't eat them, but no, you're not supposed no, to. I they, always take them out. That's why they have them, especially if you buy, like, leather shoes. Uh-huh. Um some clothing and the reason that that's in there is to prevent a uh elevated humidity which could cause any type of bacteria growth. yeah i open my supplements i take the little fuzzy cotton ball-y thing out and then i throw the well, packet yeah, the, the top, you're talking the top thing and yeah no, no, i throw the packet out too so i'm not supposed pack? to do that yeah oh no no you're oh. not supposed to see look do at you, this you learn something every yeah, day do you have you noticed this so this is a good question um if, have you noticed if maybe there's a vitamin you don't haven't used for a long time? Do you notice that maybe they're sticking together or anything? No, I take. You see, know how many vitamins I take. I know, but I was just curious nope. because because for our listeners, that's what would probably happen is the moisture gets high enough in that in that bottle that the pills would stick together. Yes. If that makes sense, that does make sense. So yeah, you're not you should you should leave that silicate pack in there until you throw the bottle away. There you go. You learn something new every single day. <laughs> so be on the lookout for toxic mold and my old home coming out on Audible this week, but also be on the lookout in the next couple of months. Udemy, some great courses by Steve. Any final comments or thoughts, Steve? Nope. Just be careful. Uh, my, my call to action when I was doing my notes was, uh, should I eat a burger from Burger King? <laughs> and we're not knocking Burger King at all. No. Um, all, all restaurants... Fast food chains, your local meat markets, they all use different preservatives. So 
I do want to be clear. We weren't targeting Burger King. It was just their commercial that brought it up. So, but it, but my call to action would be make sure you're aware of what you're eating. There's no mold on your beef jerky or your hamburger or whatever. Exactly. There you go. They're well said. All right, everybody. We Please be sure to subscribe, like, find CNC Contractor Services on Facebook, and join us for the next episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.